Indeed, you are good. Indeed, all power and might belongs to you. So today, Father, as we are in your presence, we ask that, Lord, let your power, let your might be established in the lives of your people. The Father, let the weak be strong. Let the weak be strong in you. Let the lost be saved. Let those who have not come to know you today come to know you. That there is no God like you. We thank you, Father. We honor your holy name. We bless you. Now and forevermore. Amen. Oh, give glory to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hope we all have our Bibles and our notebooks ready as we enter into the word of the living God. Amen. It is, I believe, the third week I've been dealing with the message entitled, Beyond a Call of Duty. Beyond a Call of Duty. It is indeed something that we as children of God need to come to really understand and echo in our everyday life. That God has called us beyond what we ourselves, sometimes we walk by. That is why he has given unto us the ability to walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. So our life is to be able to go beyond what sometimes we see with our own eyes. We need to be able to walk by faith. See beyond just what our sight may see. Amen. It is my prayer that as we are also in the year, in the season of in the big theme of prevailing grace, we understand that God has given unto us a grace, not just a grace that saves for us to receive Christ Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior, but a grace for us to live with. A grace that we live with this grace day after day. And it is my prayer that we prevail in this very grace. We what? Prevail in this grace. Tell your neighbor, prevail in the grace. Yeah. Because God has given unto us the ability to live life to the fullness of his glory. But this life that we have received in Christ Jesus is not just any ordinary life. You have lived some life path before you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. There was a certain life that you lived. And you realize that in the mix of that life, you found yourself at times being knocked down. And when you were knocked down, you remained staying down. You find yourself going to all sorts of resources for help, but there was no help. But when you came to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, He did not just only just give you a new life, and you a new life. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has given unto us a new life. And it is essential that you are able to live that life. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, it is essential for me to live the life of Jesus. For the past three weeks, we have been talking about that in the fact that we need to put on Christ. You see, God did not just call us to just say that I am saved by grace. And that was enough. As a matter of fact, yesterday I was, I was sharing a, a, a short message yesterday at the gala about when Jesus Christ talks about the very powerful thing. He says that, you know, he, the, the rich man came to him and said, how can I receive eternal life? How can I receive eternal life? And he says, I've done everything. 
And Jesus Christ said that one thing that you have not done, and that one thing is that you should go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And it seemed difficult for the rich man. So then the disciples start to ask the question. Because it is, it seemed, Jesus Christ said, it is hard for a rich man to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus Christ asked his people, and his people were going back and forth. How can it be possible for us, for us to be able to do this, to enter into the kingdom of God? And he says, to man, it is impossible. The ability to enter the kingdom of God, it is not going to be by your mere power. It is not going to be by your mere strength. It is not by your ability or your own understanding. But to God, all things are what? Possible. Mm. And then they continue the conversation. And then Jesus Christ told the people. And Peter said, Lord, we have given away everything that we had to follow you. And Jesus Christ said something that was so powerful. He says that anyone who has given away his properties, a brother, a sister, a mother, to follow him, he will receive a hundred times. Yay. Check this out. A hundred times. Properties. I didn't end there. A hundred times. Brothers, a hundred times, sisters. You see, I don't have any son, but I have a hundred times, sons. You didn't get me. But some people are still trying to make me say that, Pastor, you should have this and go another time. But I'm okay. I have too many sons. Hallelujah. He said you will receive a hundred times. But in the midst of saying you will receive, he ended with the message, and also you shall be persecuted. You shall be what? Persecuted. Meaning that you can come to God and as you are following Jesus Christ, he will give unto you all that you, your heart desires after. But what you cannot escape from is the persecution of this world. So the question is that then how do you live in this world in the midst of the persecution? Because that is the life that Jesus Christ lived. He came in the fullness of grace. He came in the fullness of the Father's ability. But yet, he could not escape what? Persecution. He had to live a life whereby he could be able to go through that persecution and yet not sin against the Father. I hope you're understanding where this whole thing is taking us. So going beyond the call of duty is to have the same understanding, the same mindset, that no matter what you go through as a child of God, you will prevail because of the grace the Lord has given unto you. So Apostle Paul was in a place of disturbance, a thorn on his flesh. And God said, my grace is sufficient. My brothers and sisters, I came to echo this to you. We need to live the life of Jesus Christ. We need to live the life of Jesus if we have decided to follow him, then let's follow his life. Let's follow a life that was able to overcome. A life that was victorious. 
One of the greatest joy that I have in my life is not what I have been able to acquire, but knowing that every day of my life, God is able to mold me. God is able to change my life. The way sometimes I used to be so angry. Right now, I don't have time for anger. Sometimes it will come out small. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes small. It will come out poo. And you're like, hey, this pastor, I didn't know you were like that too. But it's okay. I used to be such an angry guy. Hey, I will be so angry when I'm angry. Everybody in my, in my house, my parents, everybody will escape. Hey. Oh, well, serious, oh. Deliverance did not do anything. The guy was just an angry guy. Yeah. But when the grace of God meets you, whatever has been bubbling in your life, whatever has taken hold of your life, no longer has hold over your life. So I don't go about bragging to say I am an angry person. I don't go about bragging to say this is the nature of me. But now I'll go about bragging about the nature of Jesus. That I will love no matter what. I will walk in the peace of God. I will walk in the joy of the Lord. I will walk in the very nature of Jesus. No matter what comes against my life. It's not like people don't get me angry. People get me angry. But I'm quietly listening and watching. Hallelujah. Because of grace. Hallelujah. Oh, pat your shoulders and say, God, thank you for your grace. Yeah, yeah. Some of us, the truth and honest is this. What we are going through these series, if the Lord is if it was not God that has taken us out of that old nature. Some of us, we have lived a certain nature that that nature has corrupted Everybody who has come in our life. Can I preach this? I will go there very soon with my, with my message. But there are some natures that we have carried. That even though you are walking with the Bible, people cannot even approach you. Yeah. I have to just be genuine about God's word. Because, you know, we, are, we have claimed and walked around with the banner of Christianity. But yet we have failed. And the church has failed its people. How to walk with Jesus. When you decided to believe in Jesus Christ, that very day you had to have a different understanding that my nature has to change. My attitude has to change. Everything about me has to change. The way you worship God has to change. Yeah. But some of us, we have held on to the still, the old nature. We still liked and enjoyed the old nature. So that is why sometimes we go through challenges and yet we cannot see ourselves overcoming the challenges. Why? Because we are still falling to the default of how we used to handle things. Can I say that here? Yeah. You see, even though we have been saved by grace, many of the times we are still falling to the default of how we used to handle things. Can I give you an example here? If I get a witness here, they can say amen unto that. When time gets rough, your first approach before saved by grace was to work an overtime, to get a double shift, to get an extra money. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when the pastor calls you and say, why are you ain't coming to church? 
You say, Pastor, do you, you know what I'm going through? If I don't work this overtime. <laughs> hey, Lord have mercy now. These pastors, I feel sorry for them all. <laughs> what they hear. You see, the thing is this. We have become accustomed to this. And I want to see, say this to the students. A lot of times we used to do this. Where I would say, I can't go to church because I got to study. Right? Yeah. I can't do this because I got to do this. But sometimes let's think about it. That two and a half hours of being in church. Yeah. Think about that to equate your time that you spend even in studying. Yeah. Your overtime. The money came. It fulfilled the moment. But yet, you still find yourself in need. Because you have remained to fall on the default of what you know. But when you come to receive Jesus Christ, there got to be a different default. You don't no longer fall, rely on the things you know. But on the things he has provided. Because if you rest on the things he has provided, then he will give unto you the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge of how to, you know, move forward. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, can I, can I say the truth here? Amen. Yeah. Some of us, the overtime are crippling us. Yeah. yeah. Can I get an amen here? Amen. Those who are all subject to this very word, say, God, I know it's me. <laughs> but you have delivered me. Hallelujah. Amen. My heart desire for the church is not to increase of plenty of numbers. But it's that people know Jesus. And people have a different understanding for who Jesus is. Prevailing grace. Live a life whereby you're not afraid of what you may come your way. But you're still able to overcome. Day after day. So last week I dealt with some few things. And then we went to, to I concluded, if I'm not mistaken very well, to conclude it on how do we increase in this place of grace. And we took the scriptures from Psalm 1, verses 3. Right? For all those that took notes, say amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And what did we talk about? Psalm 1, verses 3. Yeah, it's okay, open your Bible. It's helpful. Amen. We talked about blessed is a man. Right? That blessed man, what happens? He's like a tree planted by the streams of water. Right? What happens to them? They bear fruit in season, and their leaves never go out with it. Why is that? And we talked about this, and then we went into details about what that man looks like. Right? And we went to Je um, Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah 17. Let's go to verse 7. Are we there? Blessed is the man who what? And who's confident what? Who's confident is the Lord? 
And continue, please. He will be like a tree by water. Planted by what? Water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. There's a lot I can preach about this, but we'll just focus on what the Lord is teaching us today. It doesn't fear what heat comes. It doesn't what? Fear. When he comes, he comes with trouble, but there is no fear. Why is that? And as you saw, them will say, its leaves it remains green, and it will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. Blessed is the man who what? Trust in the Lord. Right? So we talked about, and what? Whose hope is what? The Lord. And we talked about the two things about this word trust and this word what? Hope. I talked about hope comes out of what? Your experience with what? With God, right? Oh, are you still here with me? Amen. Amen. But the man also trusts. He trusts for a reason. And today, that's what I want to focus this message on today. Why the need of such trust or why the need to increase in your trust in the Lord. Amen. Let's stay right there with Genesis chapter 17 verses 8. Amen. And one of the things I said was that when you have the two words, trust and hope, it really draws attention to your position. Amen. Your position. Because trust really reflects your knowledge of whatever you have you know, really trusted. You trust what you know. If you don't have any knowledge of anything else, there is no trust in it. You trust in your doctor, your doctor because you believe your doctor has a certain knowledge about something. Right? I mean, most of you will call me and ask me questions after your doctor even talked to you about stuff. Right? Because you expect me to know. Correct? Amen? And then if I also have questions on medications, don't come and ask me, but I'll go and ask the pharmacist. Because that is also their what? Their skill set. So there is something about the knowledge that somebody carries. Because that will be able to connect you with how you trust that thing. Amen. So trust really deals with your knowledge of the very thing. So a lot of time, the issue here is that when we don't understand or have a knowledge of God, or we don't trust God enough, the question really here is that do we know him enough? When you are going through the situations and trust become a problem, the question you should ask yourself is that do you know him enough? And I want to read these two scriptures really quick. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 says, that Trust in the Lord all your heart and lean not on your own words. Understanding. Knowledge. Proverbs chapter 9 verses 9 to 10. Is, I mean Psalms 9 verses 9 to 10. He said, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. A refuge in times of trouble. Those who, your, who know your name trust. Those who know your name what? Trust in you because you have not abandoned those who seek you. Yahweh. Those who know your name. They trust. Now, when we read this scripture in Genesis, Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 going, we realize that the Bible reveals to us that the blessed man that trusts and hope in Lord is like a tree. It's like a tree. And it says what? 
planted, some will say it's by the streams of water, some will say water. Amen? Amen? It is important for you to understand what this tree looks like and what has happened to this tree. Because if you don't understand what, why the Lord is using this, this very um, message of tree to reflect the trusted man and the man whose hope is in him, you may just run through it. And you may say, I want to just, I want to be that, like that tree. But that tree has to be a tree that trusts and whose hope is in the Lord. Amen. So when you first read this, it says, Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord. He be like a tree planted by water. These two things are important. One, the tree is what? The tree is what? I want to teach this. The tree is what? Planted. Can you all say this with me? The tree is what? And where is it planted? It's important to understand that. One, the tree is planted. And it's not planted anywhere. But it's planted by what? The water. The tree is what? Planted. And also not planted anywhere, but planted by what? The water. Now, the origin word for that very word, plant over there in the Greek, actually it translates transplant. Transplant. So it means that this tree has been taken out of their own place. And the Lord has transplanted the tree to a different place. You once were not saved, but now have been saved. God did not just take you out of nowhere and left you out of nowhere, but he took you out of your own place and had brought you to a place planted by the streams of water. That first thing makes you understand that when it comes to our place of trust, our place of hope, we need the grace of God. Because it takes the grace of God for us to find ourselves being transplanted, being removed from this very place to the other place. It means that every day of our life, for us to be able to do what God has called us to do, we need God's grace. Do you get it? We need God's grace to find ourselves in where he wants us to be. You cannot just say, I trust in God on your own strength. You need God's grace to be able to find yourself increasing in the trust in him. You need God's grace to be able to what? Increase in your hope in him. So the Bible makes us understand, Abraham hoped against all hoped. Hallelujah. There is a place for us to be transplanted. There is a need for us to be moved from where we used to think, the way we used to do things. To a new place. By the streams of water. And that stream of water is a, is a reflection of what? The Holy Spirit. It's a reflection of the Holy Spirit. So his word says that I am not going to leave you alone. But I will send unto you what? A helper. When the helper comes. He will give unto you the ability. To understand everything that he has provided. The helper will not speak on his own, but he will speak under the authority from above. Hallelujah. So the reason why God has revealed this word to us is because he wants us to know that he has removed us from our old merry clay to a place full of grace. And that place, grace is at work because the Holy Spirit works through the grace of God. 
Hallelujah. So there is a need for the child of God to desire after the Holy Spirit. Desire to increase in the Spirit. Because as you are increasing the Spirit, grace is at work. The more you yield to the Holy Spirit, grace is at work. It says that they will continuously bear forth fruit. Their leaves will never, never what? Wither. Why? Because consistently, the Holy Spirit is still working. No matter what is going on in your life, the Holy Spirit, why are you not down? So when people will say, why are you not discouraged? Why are you not down? Because greater is he who is in you than that that is of this world. So as the Holy Spirit is still working in you, you have this enablement as a child of God to reflect the life of Jesus Christ. As the Holy Spirit keeps increasing in you, you have the ability to walk by grace, to live according to the grace, to the things that you could not do, you find yourself doing. Hallelujah. Am I teaching this here? Because it's about time for us to know that what we read, we should not just get excited about it, but we should yearn for that very thing. I want to be planted by the streams of water. I want to find myself being planted by the streams of water. Hallelujah. So, I want us to look at a scripture really briefly before I bring it to a close today. First Kings chapter 17. Verses 1 to 10. First Kings chapter 17, verses 1 to 10. And I read, <clears throat> And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab is the king of Israel, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, except by my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here, and go eastward, and hide by the brook, Shereth, which flows within the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Elijah had, had, had become hard for Jesus Christ, committed to serve Jesus, to serve God. And he has seen the sin that has happened in the land of Israel. The people of Israel, Ahab, has been married to Je Jezebel, whose they worship the gods of Baas. And then Ahab has conformed to let the gods of Baas to be the god of Israel. And Elijah has become passionate about the things of God. That he started, he prayed to God and he said, There will not be any rain. There will not be any rain. And the book of James makes us understand for three, three years and six months, there was no rain. And James talks about this, that Elijah was a man just like you and I. Sometimes we can become very passionate for the things of God. And we pray. And in the midst of that prayer, God answered. Now I want you to see this, very, this whole thing that we are reading very carefully. God answered the prayer of what? Elijah. And there was no rain. The people that the Lord, has, Elijah had prayed for no rain were God's people. 
You didn't get me. Israel, God said, they are my firstborn. But Elijah stood out to pray. And God responded to his prayer. You have to understand the relationship that God had with Elijah. But remember, Elijah was a man just like who? Oh my God, let me preach to this side. You understand me here. Elijah was a, God, a man just like who? Elijah was a man just like who? You and I. But Elijah could pray because of what was happening. He was in disagreement because he knew God was in disagreement. So he could pray and God what honored the word of Elijah. And we come to understand that God said, move from where you are and go to the brook. You get it? Now when you continue to read on down, let me continue for the sake of time. Hallelujah. It says that Elijah went to the brook and he said, God said, the ravens will feed you. And verses 5 it says, so he went and did according to the word of who? God. For he went and stayed by the brook, which flowed into Jordan. The raven brought him food, bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And, the, and he drank from the what? Brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because he had been no rain in the land. It happened after a while. God's word said, go and I will feed you. And he went and God showed up and fed him in the morning, fed him in the evening. Hallelujah. But in the midst of him feeding him, the brook dried up. Sometimes God makes a provision. And in the midst of the provision, the brook dries up. The question I have for you here, that when your brook dries up, what do you do? The question I have to ask you today, that when your brook is dried up, when God says that I've heard your prayer, move out of here and go for me to feed you. And then you receive the provision upon provision. And the blessings are coming. And yet all of a sudden, the brook dries up. What is your response to your brook? Do you still trust in him? Do you still believe that he is still the same God that took you out of the place of Ahab and took you to the brook? Can you still trust in him enough that he is still able to provide? Can you still trust him enough and say that there was an error here? Maybe this was not of God. Maybe this was just a provision that made its way to me. Can you trust God enough you see, we are talking about a trust that prevails. That even when your brook dries up, this trust will still stand. Can you trust God enough? Can you trust God enough for a second word? Did you hear me? Can you trust God enough for a second word? As the Lord was speaking to me, he said, son, you see, my, my people... They may hear my voice one time and as after I provide and their brook dry, my, the brook dries up. They lose hope in who I am. They lose their trust in me. So even when I say it again, that go here, they can't seem to trust that I will be able to provide. You see, God is not confined by the brook. 
God is not defined by the brook. God has to be seen as a sovereign God. God has to be seen as a holy God. God has to be seen as righteous God. God has to be seen as being God. So the Bible says that the Lord gave a second word to Elijah. And when the second word came, it would have wished that sometimes we would say this second word will make it easier. But he said, go to Zarephath. Over there, a widow will feed you. You have to understand history. The place that God sent Elijah, the second place, was the capital town of the gods of Baas. You got to trust him enough. You see, if it was you and I, and we knew that that very place belonged to Baz, I've run away from Ahab. Now you are sending me to even a double danger. But Elijah did not waver. He still went forth. That he was able to command a woman who was not from the place of Israel to still obey the word of God. Can you trust God enough to go to the next stage of your life? Can you trust God enough to carry what he has given unto you? Can you trust God enough? The trust that we are speaking of is a trust that prevails. It is not confined into just a season of blessing. But even when the blessing ceases, I can still trust in him. For a second word. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord keep us. That we can keep trusting in him. All the days of our life. That we shall enter into the next stage. Of his second word. May you please rise.